0: monisha and shirley from make it shine the money podcast on today's podcast we're talking about the costs of divorce it's a big life event so this is important knowledge to have no matter where you are in your relationship keep listening to learn more all right in previous episodes We discussed the cost of being single, cost of dating, cost of marriage, and kids, and now an equally important topic, the cost of divorce. Such an
1: important topic, and I feel it's one that there's so many misconceptions and myths about.
0: Yes, and before going through my own divorce, I definitely didn't understand how involved the process
1: was. Yeah. And I feel at least when I was younger, a lot of what I heard and learned about divorce was not just negative, but kind of extreme. You know, people will talk about how divorce is going to put you in these crazy circumstances that you can never recover from. And especially I remember in the media remember Maury Povich or the Jerry Springer show? <laughs> yeah. You know, you too. have all these fights. Yeah. You're like, oh, if you're a man, your wife is going to take all your money. And if you're a woman, your husband's not ever going to pay child support. It was crazy. And it's not just in the media. So on a more subtle
0: note, I was at a barbecue last week and met my friend's aunt for the first time. And then she asked me where my husband was. And I said, no, I'm divorced. And her tone and body language changed immediately. And she shook wow. her head and was like, oh, divorce. As if I just revealed something really bad. I mean, don't Don't get me wrong, like going through the divorce process was very difficult and stressful. So there's a lot of negative connotation around the term divorce.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I find all the studies also just focus on that, right? So there's a lot of studies out there that talk about how stressful it is. In fact, in general, divorce is rated as the second most stressful life event in studies. Right. So the death of a spouse is ranked as
0: a number one stressor, followed second by divorce, and third, marital separation. So interestingly, the fourth stressor on the list is imprisonment. <laughs> so the process of wow. going through a divorce <laughs> is
1: ranked more stressful than going to jail. Oh my God, that's crazy. And I think I'm stating the obvious, right, when I say that... Every couple situation is unique. Every divorce is different. But it would be really great if there was more positive portrayal on life after the divorce because there are many positive sides to it. I mean, I feel a lot of times it's just like focusing on labor or, you know, the pain of physically delivering a child. But obviously there's life after that and you enjoy life after that. It doesn't end there. Yes, I agree. So TD Canada ran a survey
0: called Love and Money and found that 74% of divorced Canadians polled felt that their financial status was the same or better than when they were married. And what's even more interesting is that the study was about the perception of financial status Hmm. and not actual income. So even though they were likely to take home less money overall, they still felt better about it because they have so much more control over their finances. Because now they're the only decision maker. And 54% said it was easier to manage their finances
1: post-divorce. That actually makes so much sense because, I mean, we learned this in our previous podcast, Do You Have a Secret Bank Account, that money and finances are actually the number one reason people get divorced. So having that full control, that's got to be, you know, a huge life changer. Yes. So in the
0: same survey, 52% said that they learned a new financial skill. And of those, 28% started to track their spending, 23% started to save in retirement. And more than half of those surveyed say that they're spending less after divorce, and about half of them consider themselves financially
1: better off. Okay, wow. So that's a silver lining right there. And that's after you've gone through the divorce. But, you know, I know going through it is a huge process in and of itself. Yes, it can take a long time
0: to get a divorce, and the longest one recorded is between the former head of investment bank at Bear Stearns, so him and
1: his spouse took 21 years to get divorced. Yeah, and for some, actually, the time taken to get divorced is longer than the time they were married. I mean, take Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie, for example. They were only married two years, but their divorce proceedings, they're still going on. It's been like six years, and they're still trying to figure out how to split their assets. I thought that was a headline from a long, long time ago. Yeah, they've been legally separated for years, but actual divorce is not even
0: close to being finalized. Wow. So I guess that's not actually surprising because there's so much you need to do to come
1: to an agreement and finalize the divorce. Yeah, I mean, take them as an example. They've got six kids between them. They have properties all over the world. They have businesses. And so she filed for divorce in 2016. So that's the six years ago. But I mean, I was thinking about it. Just imagine their legal bill or yeah. the couple that you shared that took 21 years to get divorced. I mean, their divorce bill is probably in the millions. So some sources say that divorce is a $10 billion industry in Canada
0: and it's $50 billion in the US. And that's just the cost of getting divorced. So these are payments made
1: to lawyers and so on. And it's not even the amount of money being transferred from one spouse to another. Yeah. And since divorce is complex and like super personal, in our podcast, we're really going to be focusing on, I would say, the common costs because... Because there's unique things that happen in every divorce, every situation that, you know, it's, it's really hard to cover. But we'll be talking about the common cost. But I encourage in general, if you are going through a divorce, you know, neither Shirley nor myself are lawyers. So I'd really recommend you still seek expert advice and go meet an expert. That's critical. Exactly.
0: So we'll also cover five money management tips for you to consider during and after the divorce.
1: And we also touch on the cost of a prenup. Yes. And why Kanye West might actually have had a positive impact on the number of prenups that are getting signed. Oh, I can't wait to get to that part. So what does it cost to get a divorce? Well, not surprisingly, there's no one-size-fits-all cost. It completely depends on your situation. So it can start from anything like a couple of hundred dollars to file the paperwork to a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand dollars or more. I mean, there's two types of divorces if you step back and look at it. So there's uncontested and contested. An uncontested divorce is when both parties come to an agreement. There's no disagreement on how they're going to split their assets as well as any other matters like custody or spousal support. So this is by far the most cost-effective and efficient way to do it. Yes. So an example of this is, remember one of
0: our friends, she was married for a year. They had no children and had not Mm -hmm. combined any of their finances and they rented a condo together. So during their separation, she moved out and he took over the lease and
1: then they both had their own lawyers review the separation agreement, which they filled out themselves. Yeah, and they split the cost of filing for divorce, too. So that was $600 in Ontario, and she paid $2,000 to consult with her lawyer. So her total cost of getting a divorce was 2300 Yeah. And she was lucky because she moved back home with her parents. So, you know, housing was a big cost that she didn't have to worry about. Later on, I mean, she found her place. But during the separation itself, she actually had a safe place that she could go to for free.
0: So the other type of divorce is a contested divorce. And this is where you and your spouse cannot come to an agreement on how to divide your assets or the terms of custody if you have kids. So according to slice.ca, a two-day court trial can cost anywhere between $13,000 to $27,000. Wow. And if you're going to trial, this usually means a lot of money and time has already been spent to try to reach an agreement. And every interaction with your legal team is money. And the cost of a family lawyer, at least in Toronto, ranges from $400 an hour to $1,000
1: an hour. And not everyone could actually even afford to get a lawyer. I mean, one of our friends, she funded her divorce through her emergency funds. But if it wasn't for that money, I mean, she wouldn't even have had the means to go through with it and fight for what she was legally entitled to. Yes, so that's the thing. So not everyone
0: can afford to get a divorce. There's a great article from CNBC and it says that couples, women especially, they stay in unhappy marriages because of financial insecurity and stress. So some of these women may also Mm -hmm. have children and they may have also left the workforce to take care of the kids. So now they not only have to pay for childcare services, but they also have to think about re-entering the workforce after being gone for a few years or more. And that's really, really tough.
1: Yeah, I mean, there are some resources out there that, you know, offer help to people, especially in lower income brackets, such as Legal Aid Ontario. And then there's other organizations throughout Canada, too, that offer pro bono consultation. So that's a great point. And
0: for couples who own property together, another cost you may incur is around the valuation of your marital home. Right. So that's the property you lived in together during your marriage. In Canada, the value of the marital property is split 50-50, regardless who paid for it or even if it belonged to one person before marriage. So if you decide to sell the property, you need to divide up the gain or loss equally. However, if one person decides that they want to keep the place and buy the other person out, you now need to agree on what that property
1: is worth. So there's a few ways you could actually figure this out. I mean, as the property is the largest, most likely, the largest asset that you have to split, couples may use a certified real estate appraiser. And this is actually really important because if the couple cannot agree on the value of the property and this ends up going to trial, the appraisal stands in court.
0: Absolutely. So there are home appraisers that provide reports that are accepted by judicial and regulatory bodies for the purpose of a separation and divorce. So they appraise a property at a specific point in time, such as the date of separation. And that's different from the estimate on your property from a real estate agent or your mortgage lender. And what they provide is not an official legal estimate for the purpose of a
1: divorce. Yeah, this is a great point. And there is a cost for the service, right? You may decide to split the appraisal fee or actually some couples just get an independent appraisal done each. So you'll have two independent appraisals to consider. And depending on the size of the property, the appraisal fee can range from, Mm -hmm. let's say, a few hundred dollars to a few thousand. But actually, one of my friends, I remember she was stressed about having this additional cost added to her total cost of getting the divorce. But when you look at the big picture and what's at stake, the cost of the appraisal is totally worth it.
0: Oh, yeah, I totally agree. And for some couples, there may be spousal and child support costs as well. So all situations vary and are highly dependent on your individual situation. And there are a lot of free sources and tools that can give you information. But definitely, as we said before, consult with a lawyer, consult with the professionals, and a lot of them offer free 30-minute consultations as well. Definitely. Okay, so Shirley, what are some ways to help manage costs and finances during a divorce? Okay, so firstly, be organized with your finances. I recommend all couples do this, even if they're not getting a divorce, because it's just good practice to know where you stand financially. So take an inventory of all your finances closest to your date of marriage, and that means both of you get a statement of all your assets and liabilities. So assets can include things like bank accounts, investment accounts, like your R. SP, TFSAs, or non-registered investment accounts. And liabilities are loans, mortgages, car loans, student loans. Print out a statement or keep a digital copy of it in a folder and just file it away. And if you are getting a divorce, you need to take
1: inventory of all personal and joint financial accounts closest to the date of separation. So the snapshot of your finances you need are on two dates, on the date of separation and on the date of marriage. And this is important because it actually feeds into a calculation as part of your settlement agreement. So the importance of being organized, having all these statements available from the date of marriage is key because it's going to save you a lot of time and stress, especially during a very emotional period in your life. And most important thing is banks actually are only required to keep copies of your statement for seven years. Yeah, and this is important because on average, people file for divorce after eight years of marriage. Right, and the banks don't have it by then. So the second tip is to actually choose a lawyer that's right for you. Get a consultation with at least two or three lawyers. Shop around, you know, interview them. Make sure you're comfortable with them and believe they're going to represent you well. You know, like Shirley said earlier, many lawyers offer a free consultation. So take advantage of that. You know, have questions ready for them. Give them a brief summary of your case and ask them if they've had experience with similar ones. You know, ask them about their fees, ask them about their communication style, their opinion. You know, how long do they think your case is going to go on based on similar cases that they've seen and what they would think the next steps should be. Just get them to walk through as many things as possible during this consultation. Yep,
0: exactly. And then the third tip is to understand the cost of working with your lawyer. So some lawyers will ask for a retainer. That means it's a lump sum upfront to cover the initial cost of working with them. And earlier we referenced that family lawyers may cost upwards of $400 an hour. So find out exactly what that means. Are you billed by the Minute, every time they talk to you, read and reply to your emails or your spouse's lawyer. Are you being billed for that time? In addition, there may be other costs as well. So for example, the cost of mail or photocopy documents. You might be charged for those services too. So make sure you ask so you don't get surprised when you receive
1: your bill. The fourth tip is to work efficiently with your lawyer. So be prepared before you meet with them. Write down your questions and write down their answers. Some people also work with the legal clerk who supports the lawyer and their role is actually to help prepare the communication and the files that go back and forth between 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 the couple. The hourly rate of the legal clerk is much lower than the lawyer. So that's another way to manage costs. And also take notes, you know, do as much of the paperwork yourself or with the help of the legal clerk and save the important questions for the lawyer. And also read the documents
0: that are pulled together more than once. So typos and miscalculations can occur, especially when you're negotiating and revising the numbers back Mm -hmm. and forth. So during my friend's divorce, one of her typos was a decimal point in the wrong spot. So she caught it, But that could have been a really expensive and really
1: increment, like, really important mistake. Yeah, I mean, double, triple check, everything. It is a life-changing document, but I'm also going to say don't beat yourself up over any mistakes, right? Like, there couldn't be things you might have missed as well, but... There is no such thing as a perfect separation agreement, and it's not easy to get all of this done. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, Manisha.
0: So the fifth and last tip is around planning for the immediate future and updating important documents and services. So for
1: example, get a separate bank account or credit card if you don't already have one. Yes, update your emergency contacts, your will, your beneficiaries. If you have insurance benefits plans at work, you know, check with your HR rep to see what you need to do to update your relationship status from married to separated or divorced, and also update your marital status with the CRA the Canada Revenue Agency as well for tax purposes.
0: Yep, so a quick recap of the five tips. Number 1, be organized with your finances. Number
1: 2, find a lawyer that you're comfortable with. Number 3,
0: understand your lawyer's fees so there's no surprises when you get the bill.
1: Number 4, work efficiently with your lawyer and their legal team such as the legal clerk, double check everything and document your questions and the answers that your lawyer provides you.
0: And then number 5, plan for your new life as a single person. Get a separate bank account if you don't already have one. Update your contact information, your will, your marriage status with CRA.
1: And if you aren't married yet, but thinking about it, consider getting a prenup.
0: Yes. So a prenuptial agreement is a legal document which outlines both you and your partner's assets and liabilities before marriage. And also what happens to property if and when the marriage ends. So that costs about $500 to $2,000 to set up.
1: Yeah. And there's actually been a 62% increase in the number of prenups that are being signed, which is actually large driven by millennials. And there's articles that link this to the Kanye West song, Gold Digger, right? So he's like, we want prenup, we want prenup. I guess some of that's stuck. So the majority of the prenups are also
0: requested by women. And while some of it is because the wage gap is closing, because many women are not the primary income earners, it's also to put down on paper alimony terms ahead of time. And
1: many millennials actually are also inheriting intragenerational wealth. You know, That's wealth from their parents or their grandparents. In fact, this is expected to be the largest intragenerational wealth transfer ever. It's $250 billion in Canada alone. Wow. So
0: a prenup isn't about protecting the assets you have today or before you get married, but even the ones that you
1: might get later. Exactly. I mean, it's not romantic, but it's like car insurance. You wish you never have to use it, but it's there if you need it. And it's still. Far cheaper than if you were to actually get a full divorce.
0: So we hope you found this information helpful and please share it with a friend. Let us know if you have any feedback and please give us a five-star rating and don't forget to make it shine.
1: Any views or opinions represented in this podcast are personal and belong solely to the podcast creators and do not represent those of people, institutions, or organizations that the owner may or may not be associated with in professional or personal capacity unless explicitly stated.